Come stand around here. ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Closer, closer. Not that close. You're stopping off at exit 31. Rain. All right. So what you want to do? Bring your foot up to the ball right there. Spencer. Look at the ball and give it one of these. This is exit 31 with Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson. Bluey. 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 Australian for sports. Oh, brown. Like that. Brown. Uh, something to do with sports. Cuse. It's the orange. It's colors. Where's the red and the green for Christmas? I think. Good afternoon. I think we're it today. Are we it? As far as live local programming, right? Orange Nation wasn't on today, and there is no on the block with Brand X, so you might have even seen a notification. QSportsTalk.com. Get there. We're with you for the next couple of hours. Broadcasting from the Dunn Tire and Hobby Hill Farm Sales Studios. And guests appearing today, and we have four on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines. We've got to ask them about colors. I don't know if we ask them what their favorite color is, but it feels like we're going to be discussing colors quite a bit today. Spencer Davidson, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Now, what was your thought? I know well, you're about- speaking of colors. Did you see that Tom Brady now has his own color? Brady blue is an official color that you that you can get uh, you know, swatches of to to paint your house. For real. Where is this? I saw it on Twitter. Come on. I wish I screen captured it. It's a legit verified site. You know what? Hold on one second. I, I, investigative one, journalism as as the, we uh, oh, the enter one, the airwaves. The one and only Ray Biggs, who people in, in Utica know, the voice of, of Utica College. And U- uh, City FC for the soccer tw- fans. He, he tweeted something saying it's literally just blue. But yeah, it's front office sports. It's a, a, a verified a verified uh, account. Let's see. I'm turning it towards. I don't know if. if oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it'll pick called, that up. It, it looks, looks like Brady blue. Looks like Giants blue. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Oh, that's awkward. And then there's a little... Well, that blue is kind of in the Patriots color scheme, too. Nah, not really. But it's not pewter. I mean, that's the color scheme of... It literally just looks like blue. Like, when you when you picture just blue. Bluey! Bluey! Brown! Orange! Nick Ailes. Thanks for joining us again today, bud. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, my day was ruined now that Tom Brady has his own color, but you know, <laughs> Sorry it is what that. it is. Yeah. What is Jets green? Is that Kelly green? Gang green. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. I like that. That's Off why the top of my head. Besides the Metallica sweatshirt and the salt potatoes hat, there's a reason we invited him in here today. Speaking of gangrene, you two clowns, you Jets fans, are sitting here again with this Mike White crap. What you gonna you gonna retire his number? It's all we've got. The bright spot of your season. Please don't make fun it's of us. That's all we've got. That's all we have. And every, everything's tense. They've already started to make up his bust for Canton. I got our little Exit 31 family here. There's always fights around the holidays, so I'm starting one. <laughs> it's an awkward time at the table. Not really, though. What was this? What was this? I was like half listening to you guys. We were, well, we were just talking about we were talking about the fact that we feel like the foundation is there for this team, and we were talking about the fact that look, you know, it's going to test our patience. But but when does our when is our patience not tested with this franchise? So we said, you know what, there are some things this year to to like. To take with us and like, aside from the fact that it's been you know another you know crappy season at the at MetLife, it, it's it, it, there are some things that you can take positively as you move forward. Are you taking flight with this? Yeah, see I what am. I did there. I I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. what you did there. I mean, nice. you could like say that. whatever you want to say about this Jets team. You cannot take away the Mike White game. It's it has happened. It's history. It'll forever be a part of us. It will. It will always. I I guarantee you. I guarantee you that next year. On that date, 
there will be tweets about a year ago today was the Mike White game. <laughs> That's literally all you got. It's gonna be. It's gonna live in infamy. Well, if you have to go back and relive the butt fumble all the time, I suppose you have to relive exactly a, yes. a glorious moment in recent Jets history. And as you guys are talking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and you didn't come back at me on the Giants yet. I'm like, what do I have? I got nothing. Well, yeah. I'm trying to think. That's what's, why I didn't come back to you, because it would just be dead air. What's the bright spot of the season? The firing of Jason Garrett is the only thing that I could come up so with. So getting rid of somebody was your bright spot. Yeah. And when they officially, however they get rid of Gettleman, I, I don't know if they're going to go with a Coughlin route and give him the retirement thing. Yeah, no. Or just can him and kick him to the curb. That will be the second bright spot. So if that's the case, I got two and you still got one, and the Giants are still better than the Jets. Well, we also have the Zach Wilson beating the Titans game on that awesome last second Ooh. drive. <sighs> oh, boy. I got oh, nothing. Man. Corey Davis, that excellent sucked. catch against his former team. So you're telling me that we have positive things from actual games from what happened on the field, and Rain is looking for front office moves to look for positivity, and not even front office moves of additions, of subtractions. Well, you know what this means. Guess that means it's showtime. We're already kerfuffling and we haven't even officially started the kerfuffle. Some sports beefs or, you know, who's going toe to toe in the world of sports. Well, let's lay a little bit more of that out there. Tonight, you got Tennessee and the 49ers. I'll feature some audio from both teams perspectives and soundcheck a little bit later. We'll react to that. But you also got some NFL on Saturday, too, which is nice. Love this time of year for that. I mean, we've got the Browns. Speaking of Brown University playing Syracuse basketball and the football team, the color, and they're playing the Packers, the Browns and the Packers. You got the Lions and the Falcons. Oh, that's I'm getting ahead of myself. Sunday. I'm sorry. Uh, The other Saturday game is the Colts and the Cardinals. Here's the thing. Is this a downward spiral for the Cardinals? Are they going? Are they kerfuffling now because that loss to the Lions, who we will be talking about with one of our guests that I'll get to in just a few minutes. But are you concerned for the Cardinals? This is their thing. They flame out at the end. I'm not concerned, though. Uh, every team, every team is entitled to a bad loss. That is a bad loss. Terrible. But loss. but I, I I don't think that this is going to cause a, a downward spiral. I think this is you know one of those games that you know a really good team who's been you know for the most part cruising this year gets knocked down at some point. So I, I think you know this this is this is what we're this is this is how you're going to test the metal of this Cardinals team, a team that, as you alluded to, does finish, you know, weekly, uh, typically in a season. But I think this is where you see, like, when you get punched, you know, how how do you get back up? So they'll be able to rally the troops is what you're telling me. Okay, let me rally the troops, our troops, real quick. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. I would be remiss if I neglected to mention it's not just Exit 31 today. Nope, you've got the Double Down guys a little bit later. That includes Tommy Hogan. You'll also get him after Double Down later tonight. I should mention, I think they're still doing the Q&A, right? That's Orange Nation's sponsored Pastor Jordan Capozzi, 8 o'clock tonight. I believe it's freshman Benny Williams. I haven't heard any changes to that. You get with us at QSportsTalk.com, 8 o'clock, and you can talk to Benny a little bit. So there is that. Uh, What do you got? Anybody good on the phone for me? No, that was just the phone's forwarding. Oh, okay. All right. No, well, also, exciting. we couldn't have taken a call even if, no. we, if we wanted to. No, but now we can. Good to go. But now we can. Nick Ells, it's Spencer Davidson. I'm Rain. And you were going to say. Well, by the way, uh, Gotham Green. Gotham Green is the Jets green. Officially? It, it's an official hex color code. It's uh, in case you ever want it for your, for your home. Um, it's 125740 is the color code. Gotham Green, and then they have their black jerseys, stealth black, and then their white jerseys are spotlight white. And spot and, and these ones are much easier to remember. Stealth black, zero 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 zero. Spotlight white, capital F F F F F F. 
you're the only one that's going to do anything with that. You think so? What's the Giants blue officially? Can you find that out? Uh, Is that something that you can figure out? Yeah, it's, uh, let's see. Giants. All right, while you do that, we'll be talking more football in uh, a called, little while. It's called embarrassment blue. <laughs> I feel like that's legitimate. You're not even making that up. All right, let's stay with the colors. Orange and brown. Uh, first of all, the colors. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if either one is a fashion statement per se, but it looks like we're playing an Ivy League team because we got to get a game in here. Uh, let's hope we get to this on Monday. That's been scheduled. We're going to talk about this in detail a little bit later on. Let me lay out the guest for you real quick. Mike McAllister at 3 o'clock, Eric Columbia at 315. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, Mark Larson with Spectrum and then Neil Adler with Inside the Loud House. So, We'll dissect a, a little bit more because I had to learn about Brown, too. I wasn't expecting that we were going to play them. What can Brown do for you? Hopefully, Brown can give Orange a win because they need a win, and they've got a lot that they've got to work on. They've had some practices, of course, this COVID stuff, and yet they should be able to get back and get a game in. And then some more practices before Georgia Tech. So, yeah, I mean, what's the takeaway from this? Is it, is it just to get a game in? You should beat this team, but if you look, Brown's good. There's, yeah. It's another quality, decent basketball team out of the Ivy League. Yeah, th- this is a team uh, similar, I, I feel like, uh, to Colgate almost in the sense that it's a mid-major, but been able to hang with some some majors. North Carolina recently, yeah. for example. They, I mean, they lost to Colorado by two. They lost to Creighton. Uh, that was, I mean, that was a tough game. That was 21 points, but uh, they led against North Carolina for large portions of the game. Uh, so this is, you know, this is a team to to certainly uh, not overlook. Good three point shooting team. So if you know Syracuse tries to only go with the three ball, I mean, this might be a shootout. Who can make more threes? I don't think that they have the personnel. They got a couple of guys. Yeah, we'll get into this good further. Freshman, good hey, freshman. I'm putting it out there. You can you can disagree and tell me that they have enough if you want to. I don't think they do. And overall, there's not a lot of sizes. Really, only a couple guys over six six on this team. Mm-hmm. We're gonna break this down in full. That's for sure. A couple of names that you got to look out for. What's the game? I mean, I would expect Syracuse wins this game, but I didn't expect them to be five and five at this point either. Did you? No, I didn't expect them to lose to Colgate. Yeah, there you go. No, I don't think anybody did. No. I mean, you've. You've really been the, the champion for Colgate. Yeah, and, and and going into the matchup, I said, look, this is a team you got to watch out for. But I also did say, I still don't see Syracuse losing this game. So I was just as surprised as anybody when Syracuse actually lost and lost by 15. But, you know, I, I, I knew that was going to be a game that, you know, the Raiders weren't going to roll over. Spencer, what's your favorite nickname of any college basketball team that Syracuse say has played? Hmm. You know it. I, I'm you not going to say it. I'm going to let you say the, it. The uh, the setters of Pace University. So the Pace the setters. Pace setters. You now have a new uh, second favorite one. I think so. And who would that be? The Brown Bears. How about that one? I love it when you have names that like that that go together like that. It's just we. It's it's you know the Pace setters are trendsetters. I should, I should <laughs> we say. have woven in this color thing uh, almost accidentally on purpose, uh, kind of pretty well, yeah, sort of. Now even I though that like wasn't a, a sentence. Now I feel like I want to paint my kitchen. Any anything you can do with these colors for us? Can can you line it up? Is is it, is it? It's just disgusting now. You mix these all together. What is it? Uh, I mean, one isn't it the color you mix when you mix all colors together? Doesn't it usually go to brown? Yeah, it ultimately does go to brown. Is it, I thought all colors together was white, and the absence of color was Mike black. White. Mike White. Oh, huh. oh, there you go. The Mike White game, and we're back. Came full circle. I like that, Nick. Your Jags and your Jets game. Jags at the Jets. Gang Green. Jets gonna win. I mean, you got the team that now is worse than the Lions as the number one overall pick that that's recently become a thing. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, did the Jets win this game? I think the Jets win this game. Okay. The Giants and Embarrassment Blue, as you called it. Embarrassment Blue. And the Eagles. So are they a similar green to the Jets? Is the there Eagles? Primary color? Uh, they, yeah, I would say similar. Who wins this? Um, it's not going to be my Giants. No, the Eagles are going to win. It's also a home game for the Eagles. The Bills, the Patriots, this one's in Foxborough after they got clowned by Belichick just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was a nice win last week, uh, but do you win in Foxborough? Do you? No. Bills going to lose this one. They are going to lose this one. You are when you had the AFC East at the very least and probably were one of top two or three teams in the entire conference expected to at least get to an AFC championship game, hopefully get over that hurdle, get into a Super Bowl, a favorite, if you will. Yeah. And here you are. You're potentially not only you're going to lose the division to the Patriots again with Mac Jones because of the genius of Belichick. And they might beat you twice in the same season. That would certainly be a uh, know what it feels like to be a Giants and a Jets fan now, don't you? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's unbelievable. It sucks. It's it's unbelievable. All right, let's close things out. We got a minute or two left before our first break. As we kerfuffle, the Pro Bowl rosters are obviously out now, and I want to pit that up against my care factor because IDC. I don't care. I lost interest in the Pro Bowl a long, long time ago. For various reasons. I, I don't care anymore. Why do they bother? I don't think anybody cares. Does the, do fan bases care? I mean, how... Listen, there's variant levels of football fandom from the obsessed to the casual. Yeah. In general, I think... Well, no, I don't think. I know. It's the number one sport in America. It's popular beyond belief. But I think this is the one thing that most fans are indifferent to. I mean, completely indifferent to. At least I am. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly the worst of of all the all-star games in the major sports. I I think, which is kind of funny because you stack up and football is the most popular sport. But this game, you know, nobody nobody cares. And and the funny thing is, is I find myself kind of wrestling with my care factor because I really couldn't care less about the Pro Bowl. But then I see the rosters come out and I notice, oh, there's no Jets on here. Braxton Berrios. I, I thought he could have gotten a spot, on, you know, as a special teamer. No Giants on there? No Giants on there. So, so you know, I'm wrestling with the fact that I really don't care about the Pro Bowl with the fact that, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of angry that, that a Jet didn't get on there. Two Bills, though, since we brought up the Buffalo Williams, Stephon Diggs and Deion Dawkins are on that list. Your care factor on the Pro Bowl, Nick Ailes? Zero. I've never once cared about the Pro Bowl. I probably never will. It's it's just meaningless. It's one thing if it happened in the middle of the season, right? Akin to an all-star right. game. But it's at the end of the season when we're getting ready for the Super Bowl and the playoffs. So, like, who cares? Yeah. And how many of these guys are just going to bow out for different? They either just, they're indifferent to it. They don't care. It's not worth it. After a long season, they just want to start healing. Or they're hurt and they can't play. And it ends up being, I mean, just a fraction of these guys, it feels like, actually end up playing in it. Yeah. And it's total exhibition. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to it. They don't care. It's like I bumped into you. Okay, fall down now. It's just it's just bad football. The only only cool part about it is the fact that, you know, the teams are wearing their respective AFC or NFC jerseys, but they're all wearing their team help their, you know, their own their own team's helmet. And I think that's cool. But other than that, this is I, the Pro Bowl is just I, I'd rather have a bowl of cereal than be at the Pro Bowl. Tommy Gunn, Hogan, brother, going to take care of business with Double Down at six o'clock tonight and a little bit later with the Orange Q&A along with Jordan Capozzi. I've also learned uh, with the late scheduling, come to find out between now and four, we're going to have to give phone numbers out because I think we have some tickets for this Brown game to give out. I will investigate further. I saw a notification during our opening segment 
and we'll take it from there and we'll come back on those Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines with Mark Larson of Spectrum Sports. He's got some breaking news for us. Oh boy. QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Exit 31. I'll tell you this, man, in preparation for the competition, I haven't I haven't taken a in weeks. It's not an option for me. Number two is not an option. I'll tell you that. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. I gotta pop into this chat here real quick and see what's going on. Say hello to Michael. Let's say hello to Kevin. Let's say hello to Pauly G. Uh, any interest in some brown tickets? We'll see if we can't uh, give a couple pairs of those away. I'll see how many we have officially. I'm working behind the scenes, but still trying to be live on the radio with Spencer Davidson and Nick Ailes. Yeah, it's exit 31, QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. And now with our first guest of the day, Mark Larson with Spectrum. I know you're sitting in the truck. What's on your mind? How are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping, uh, but still looking for candy for the stockings. So I have to make a couple more stops. But um, life is good. Life is an absolute whirlwind right now. And um, and I think you know why. Well, I do, but I don't know who else does. Uh, that's, of course, up to you to divulge. But my understanding is you have some breaking news for us today, Mark. So I thought I'd let you share it. Yes, sir. And it actually, uh, it just kind of became official last night. Uh, I am thrilled about my next venture in life. Uh, I am leaving Spectrum News One after 18 years. uh, And my last day on the air will be next Monday. Um, And of course, the Brown game got added. So I've got one more SU game to cover. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm flying out of town next Friday for California. I'm going to be the new Associate Athletic Director for Creative Services for Santa Clara University. Wow. And that is in the Bay Area. It is a member of the West Coast Conference. Um, January 15th already is uh, Gonzaga. It's already on my calendar. They host Gonzaga on the 15th. So yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's scary as heck, and it's also um, exciting as, as get out because it's it's a whole different side of things that you know I've been covering college athletics for thirty years, but now I get to be on the other side of it, and uh, and I can't wait. There's some great people out there, and they've got uh, a lot of great things going on, and I'm just going to go out there and enhance it as best I can. Well, if you want to say a little something, something to uh, Mark Larson, offer him some cra- congratulations. He told me the news. That's awesome, man. He told me the news, and obviously I've kept my mouth shut, but I, at the same time, I'm sitting there going, I'm going to miss this guy, man. So, QSportsTalk.com, you get in the chat. It's a way to talk to Mark. We'll relay those messages for sure. Aside from the congratulations, though, and the amazing opportunity, I assume there is a bittersweet aspect to this as well. You, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit, Mark. Yeah, you know, like you said, uh, I'll miss you guys. I'll miss so many people here. Uh, I've been here 18 years. My kids have grown up here. Um, so there's a lot of... There's so many people that I'd love to be able to see before I go, but it is happening so quick. I start I start January 3rd, so wow, um, yeah. So I I don't know how I'm going to be able to say goodbye to everybody, but um, I you know it, it's been a great ride here. Uh, my son just graduated high school uh, last summer. He is heading down to the University of Tampa next month, uh, and my daughter's in Boston. She's already graduated, so. You know, after after 18 years here and growing up in Wisconsin, I get to 
finally leave winter behind, and uh, <laughs> and I can't I can't wait to do that. But yeah, it, there's a lot of great people here I'll miss. But the great thing about nowadays in the world is, you know, the Facebook and the every. It, it's so easy to stay in touch. There's so many ways. You guys have my number. They're going to let me keep this number, so that'll never change. So I'm always going to be a phone call away if you want to talk about the Broncos and uh, and all the great things we're doing out there. That's absolutely <laughs> going to happen as well. Uh, yeah. We definitely have to do that. Be careful what you, um, I not wish for, but offer. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just remember, I'm three hours behind you. So I was no just going to say it. that. Yeah, I was yep. going to say now. Yep. Now we'll be calling you at 11:15 your time, basically. Oh, I got to remember. I got to figure out a time difference now. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. No texting before say 11 o'clock your time. Okay. Our time. Fair enough. That's Fair, it. The, but Mark, you you mentioned uh, you know being from Wisconsin, of course. I I was just thinking. So that means that a cheesehead is going to wine country. So that, yeah. that pairs pretty nicely, actually. It does. That's, that's a great combination. It's a great point. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I have, I have been to Napa Valley uh, several times. My girlfriend was working at Stanford, and she's actually going back out to work at Stanford again oh, as a nurse. Cool. So I've been out there to visit, and um, we've been up there to visit. But now to kind of be out there and like, hey, on a weekend, hey, you want to, you want to go up to Napa? Oh, sure, why not? You know that's. There's so many great things to do out there. That's why it's so expensive and crowded. So yeah. <laughs> there are give and take, you well, know. You're on the job for a little bit longer, so can we put yeah. you to work after the breaking news? Do it. So Cuse Women's Basketball, the last second cancellation with, of course, the uh, the standard COVID concerns and whatnot. Uh, what do you make of that? And you know what? Then we've got to apply that to the men's team. But let's start with the women's. Yeah, I don't think they get much out of that game anyway. Siena would would have come in at 0 and 9 uh, and and offered little resistance, so I don't think it's uh, it's going to hurt them at all. Syracuse women are are rolling. They've won six in a row. Now they get to go home for the holidays and then come back and get ready to play at North Carolina uh, next Thursday. So they're in good shape. I don't know how Von Reed has done it, but uh, they're in good shape. They started out so slow, it looked like it was just going to be a you know, a train wreck you didn't want to watch. And uh, now they've put it together and the girls are playing great. And you gotta, you got to be happy for the players there because uh, it's like the Island of Misfit Toys, right? They all just kind of came in together and, and here they're doing some good things and hopefully they can keep it going. All right, let's talk about the men's team. This, this COVID pause has been crazy. Four-fifths of the starting lineup, as you know, Mark, is not was not available or attested positive. They're trying to get some practices in. Suddenly they have to scale back from that. They move things along past Christmas. And next thing you know, we got a game against Brown. What's what's the focus for the men's team against Brown to get this game in? Did they get enough practices in? I mean, is this just to kind of get the wheels back in motion? Absolutely. Yeah, get their legs back. And, you know, I think the positive thing is, if you can look at it that way, is that yeah, it would have been cool to play Cornell for Jimmy. I don't think that's going to happen now. Uh, but but the two games they missed, they didn't miss Villanova at Georgetown, Indiana. They didn't miss games that, that helped them improve. They missed games against teams that they would have dominated. So, again, I don't think that hurts them. Being off that long, of course, does. But uh, as Jim Beheim alluded to on the radio earlier this week, uh, it, the symptoms weren't as bad because they're all vaccinated, because they all had their booster. So, I think they're going to get through it a lot easier. They've been through this before. Last year they were on a couple of pauses. Uh, it didn't happen in the middle of conference season. We hope this is the one and only, 
and if that's how it works out, then then they're fine. Uh, and uh, good to get that Brown game in. Brilliant move by them to, to sneak that one in before Georgia Tech uh, next uh, Wednesday. Mark Larson was Spectrum for about basically 10 more days, not even quite 10 more days. Uh, nice enough to not only break the news to Central New York, but join us here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Some people giving well wishes in the chat right there. Now, uh, that being said, is there anything else you're covering with your final few days of work that you want to pass along that we need to know about? Well, uh, I, I'm running a story tonight that I put together on the only father-son uh, varsity boys basketball coaching team in Section 3 over at MPH. So that'll run tonight. Um, and uh, the next two days, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, as we have done for years, we run down our top ten stories of the year. And numbers 10 through 6 will air tomorrow. Numbers 5 through 1 will air on Saturday. So Kate and I can both uh, be with our families and loved ones on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. That's always kind of fun to put together. It's amazing the things that happen during a year when you kind of start thinking about it. Uh, all the things that have happened and kind of recapping that for everybody over the next couple of days. And yeah, that's kind of it. And then Monday will be the last SU game, last time of the dome for I don't know how long. And it's crazy to think about that, that I've been coming there for since uh, 2003 uh, when I got here in the winter and uh, did a lot of games there for the old sports channel. And uh, it's just a great iconic building. It, it's come a long way since I got here. It looks great now. And um yeah, I will certainly be uh, keep in touch with the Cuse from afar. But uh, fortunately, that includes the winter, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you, like you said before, give and take. There are pros and cons of everything. Uh, yep. Mark, the we mentioned, uh, you know, I want to go back to Syracuse women's basketball. And, you know, Vaughn Reed is, was kind of elevated to the head coaching position on an, on an interim basis, acting head coach. Do you think if this team continues on the, the, the trajectory that it is, uh, does he does he get that kind of acting tag removed? Will they move him to a full full time position? I, why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like uh, he he certainly seems to have these girls playing hard and, and uh, playing for him. Um, he, he is. I mean, he's done a he's done a magician's work putting this team together, getting him back. I mean, after they came back from the Bahamas, went zero and three over there. It just looked like this was going to be a an ugly season to watch. And uh, they're not just beating teams, they're blowing them out. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they do in ACC play. I think if they go at least even in the ACC, I don't see why they don't they don't keep them around. Again, unless you have somebody better waiting in the wings, um, why not keep them? And he's got Eric Amaro on his bench, a former uh, Syracuse great. So if he can get a few more, uh, former, it'd be kind of cool to see uh, former Syracuse greats on the women's bench like the men's. Well, Mark, listen, uh, we're up against a break, unfortunately. We'd like to keep talking to you, but I'm glad we got a chance to have you on the air one last time. Um, and that being said, we're going to miss you, and we're going to take you up on the offer. We're going to let you settle in, and then uh, we'll reach out and make sure we get you back on here, okay? All the best to you, and congratulations. Hey, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun talking to you guys. And we got to have one more food item, and I'm trying to rack my brain. Uh, how about the, I don't know, the, the peanut butter uh, with the Hershey Kiss in the middle cookies? Just made those last oh, night. Yeah. Can't, oh. go, can't go wrong with those. So let's break those out and, and celebrate. And you know what? They actually go really well with Pinot Noir. I had that last night. Is there a cheese that works in here somewhere with the cookies and the wine? Oh, come on. Cheddar. Yeah, grass-fed cheddar. Uh, you, you know, 
my girlfriend's a big thing on the grass fed is healthier and it also tastes great. So grass fed cheddar, Hershey Kiss cookie. I don't know what you call them, and then Pinot. You get deep, pretty good compliment. Get deep enough that. into a couple bottles of wine. I think anything huh. tastes great at that point. Probably, <laughs> cheers, probably, probably. Cheers to you. Uh, we appreciate being able to talk to a cheesehead named Mark Larson. Uh, this is X thirty one ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Feel free to join us there and in the chat. Neil Adler with Inside the Loud House to go deep on SU Orange and Brown. We're talking basketball next. Our game plan, simple, sports, nothing but sports, and talk, and some pop culture, maybe some current affairs, a little arguing, occasional shouting. Okay, maybe not so simple after all, but hey, it works. Sometimes. (laughs) This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Radio. Seem to have a little bit of a color theme today. We do. You add a little bit of cream to your coffee, and it makes it a brownish color, depending on how much, and then kind of can go to more beige. And then there's Spencer with a fresh cup of black coffee. Black coffee. How are you? Straight up. You got a blue shirt on. I got black on. He's got a whole mix of colors on. And uh, we're about to talk about the Syracuse Orange with Neil Adler from inside the Loud House. Uh, I put the wrong number down, so now Nick Ailes is making sure he gets some up there on the phone. They're playing brown, though, uh, so it's orange versus brown. The colors don't really work unless it's, I guess, the Cleveland football team. There's other teams that incorporate orange, but we're the orange. Yeah, you, the the orange, literally. You know, I heard uh, Steve and Fonte and Paulie talking about how the focus should probably be on improving this defense. Because mm-hmm. isn't that one of the main issues that they have? Yeah. Don't you think? Yes. And, and, I, and I just get your legs back, like Mark Larson told us just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, that being said, it's a t- it's a topic we're going to discuss with Neil Adler. But now that we got him locked up here on the phones, Neil, you published something today uh, in regards to recruiting. So I want to start there, and then I want to get to some of these current commits. But as far as recruiting, what's the latest you can tell us for Syracuse? Uh, are we talking about which? Cl- First of all, thanks for having me on. Happy holidays, fellas. Um, what are we talking about, like the 2022 class or, or, or further down the line? You know what? I say let's start with 2022 and give us a key name or two top of mind for you. Oh, that's such a tough one. I really like the class. Even You know, uh, some Syracuse fans say, oh, there's not a five-star, there's not a top 20, and that's true, although, you know, rankings do get updated throughout the season. Um, I just think it's five really solid players. Uh, I, I, I'd say probably from a, a national standpoint, uh, Justin Taylor and Chris Bunch probably get the most kind of you know buzz per se. You've been tracking um, their performances a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, you know, they 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 play in different tournaments, and Chris plays for the Wasatch Academy out in Utah, and they're in the NIBC league, which they play a ton of other really top flight teams. And some of the teams they play have you know pros- uh, Syracuse prospects on them, and he, you know, they they had a couple struggles earlier in the, the season. They're playing some really good teams, but. Bunch had a couple of really nice games uh, more recently, which I did write about, I believe, yesterday. And, you know, Justin plays with um, Kadir Copeland down uh, in Florida for the IMG Academy uh, for their post-grad team. And, and by all accounts, they're both having a nice season so far. And then you've got Peter Carey, in, uh, who's a power forward slash center, and Malik Brown, who I wrote about earlier this week. He was named MVP of a tournament they played in. He plays for the Blue Ridge School, and they played in a tournament, uh, I believe, in Pennsylvania. And he averaged a double-double and was just fabulous. And I feel like with Malik, he kind of – I wrote in the story, he flies under the radar a little bit. 
I only said that because his national rankings aren't as high as some of the uh, the other guys. Justin's like a top 75 guy. Chris Bunch is top 60 according to 247 Sports. Malik's like in the 200s. But I, I the way he played this weekend and just seeing other games he's played in and comments from analysts and scouts, I really feel like he is um, you know a top 100, top 150 guy. And he's physical, athletic, and he get, gets after it on the defensive end and rebounds really well. So if you ask me to pick one guy out, it's tough because I feel like they're all – and Peter Carey, uh, th- their season was canceled a year ago, and, and um, he's kind of also flown under the radar uh, on the national scale. But he, he's a really good big man as well. So it's just five complementary players covering all five positions – yeah, there's not a top 25 guy, but there's there's just there's just tons of chemistry as well. Um, Malik Brown and, and and Justin are friends from back in the day, and and Justin's playing with Kadir now, and they, those guys know Benny Williams, current freshman. I, I just think they're going to come in with a lot of chemistry, and you know they're probably all multi-year guys, and it's it's a really fun class, and you know I think they're ranked in the top 15, so it's not they're not Duke, they're not Kentucky, but it's it's a solid class. Um, but I, I'm really high on Malik Brown, especially after what he did this past weekend. Neil Adler with Inside the Loud House joining us on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. And well, so Neil, speaking about the, the current team, the guys on the roster right now, they've added the game with Brown coming up here on Monday. Uh, you know, just to get the legs back a little bit. I mean, maybe what what's kind of your take on what the focus should be against this game? I mean, it's a good three point shooting team, but you know, what is this team looking to accomplish in this game as we you know head in, back into the schedule? I think that the main thing with Syracuse, I know the five and five mark, you know, for some fans leaves a lot to be desired, but they played a really tough schedule. I think if things bounced a little bit more their way in the Georgetown game and they didn't get crushed from three against uh, Colgate, you know, they're looking at seven and three potentially and maybe feeling a little bit better. For me, it really comes down to getting uh, Buddy and Cole going from, from deep and, and it's just about defense and rebounding. Um, I feel like the defense has, played better of late they did give up i believe 79 points in that four point loss to georgetown in dc but the two games prior to that they were um they lost by 14 to villanova but they were in the game actually leading at halftime and they only gave up 67 points and then at florida state which is a really nice win they only gave up 60 so if the defense can keep heading in the right direction and they don't get crushed on the boards and some of the guys get going um, from deep that, that maybe have struggled a little bit, I, I still feel like they could have a nice season. Some, some folks say, oh, five and five, and, you know, all these losses in the non-conference, and the, you know, the sky's falling. And I'm not saying they're going to win the ACC, although the ACC is having its struggles right now. Um, but they could still have a decent year. And, you know, Brown has played some teams really tough. Um, I, I don't pretend to know too, too much about them. But I was, once I saw the game announced, um, you know, I was kind of digging around a little bit. And they played North Carolina really tough on the road. Um, they played, I believe, Vermont really close in their last game. Colorado, they lost by two. Uh, they did get blown out by Creighton. But they're, they're a solid team. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know for, for Syracuse with, with this layoff and with, you know, the, the postponed games due to COVID, which a lot of teams are faced with, They'll have fresh legs, I would assume, but, I, I mean, reports were that some guys tested positive. Uh, or how are they doing? How's the team gelling right now? How, how much have they practiced? You know, we'll see against Brown. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be a decent test for them, and then they've got some ACC games coming up right after that as we turn the calendar. We'll see. Hopefully these games don't get postponed. But I think Brown will be a pretty tough test for them, and it's really 
for me, it's just about getting better on the boards and, and in the zone defense. You know, everything is in, in a precarious position right now because best laid yeah. plans. We get through this and you play the game against the orange and brown play on Monday. And then you look at the ACC schedule, Georgia Tech currently in COVID mm-hmm. protocols. Of course, we learned about that today. Uh, Donna DeTota published a piece and was reporting on it. Uh, their game against Alabama A&M was postponed. And yeah, we're supposed to play them on the 29th. So are you, I, I guess, are you, uh, are you feeling good about the chances that these games actually tip off as it stands right now? Well, of course, I, I hope they do, uh, you know, for the players, the coaches, the fans, and of course, more importantly than basketball, is I want everyone to be safe because obviously it sounds like, you know, this new variant is very contagious, blah, blah, blah. But um, the Georgia Tech game, when I saw that, you know, piece from Donna, good reporting there as usual from her. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that game does get postponed. I believe after that they have Virginia, a team that's struggling pretty well right now on January 1st, Um, and then I think Miami after that. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me about the Georgia Tech game. I'm hopeful that Virginia and Miami, you know, go along as planned, and, um, you know, then we'll just kind of have to see. But there's just – it's really tough on, you know, the men's and women's side, and you're seeing in some of these bowl games for football too. It's just – it's a tough time. It's unfortunate because obviously we thought last year was, you know, really, really, really challenging and games postponed. And, you know, but then the vaccines come in and you think, you know, we're looking good and now we're kind of taking a step back. But, you know, obviously everyone wants to play it safe. I I am thankful about seeing the ACC and some of these other conferences – you know, kind of retooling, reshaping some of these forfeit rules, um, which kind of, you know, prior I thought were a little silly. But yeah, um, it, it would, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me about the Georgia Tech game if it doesn't go through, but I'm, I'm hopeful it does. And, you know, we're just going to have to take it one one game, one week at a time. And, you know, I believe last year they ended up playing, I think, 23 games in the regular season, normally 31. And if they could get that many or, or more, that would be great. And we'll just we'll, we'll go one day, one game at a time. And, again, just hope everyone stays safe because, it's you know, it's kind of a scary time. Yeah, all most of us want for Christmas is a two-front teeth. Uh, not anymore. We just right. want our SU basketball back on the court amongst yeah. many other things like normalcy yeah. and uh, yeah. whatnot. It's got to persevere through COVID. Neil, all the best yeah. to you and your family and all of that. Uh, we appreciate the time anytime you've taken our call this year, and we'll be reaching out again very soon early next year. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. Happy holidays. So we're going to come back uh, with a little something called You're Killing Me, Smalls, and Spencer's going to lay something out that's going to blow your mind. It's not a, a sports festivist or airing of the grievances, per se. It's more of a, like, Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, you're killing me, Smalls. Is that for real? Wow. It's uh, perplexing. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. But I've just decided we're going to add a little something to it. We're going to have a guest on the phone while we do it, if that's all right with you guys. Can we? Oh, boy. All right. All these surprises, opening presents before Christmas. I love it. It's a Christmas present. I'm going to pass a number. I'm not going to wrap it, but I'm going to give it to Nick Ailes. We'll get a surprise guest on the phone next. Exit 31 ESPN Radio Q Sports Talk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. Welcome to the airwaves on Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, and the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line mystery guest. Without saying his name, Let's see if he can tell us who he is and why we're speaking to him. Hello. 
Hi, guys. I've been crying since Mark told me the news. Um, I've been locked in a room crying for an extended period of time. He's changed his voice a little. That's good. <laughs> this is good. Is, is, is this is this Mario? Oh, no. Oh, no. Man, no. No. Uh, um, do you have some Kleenex in there for the tears? It's, uh, he told me it. And I, I knew it was coming a little bit, and it, it didn't help that he finalized it to me about a week ago. And Yeah. Congratulations to him, but they, they just keep falling another one i don't know i'm gonna have to golf with you guys i guess well i was about to say that mark it looks to me mario like in the spring you're gonna have to find somebody that you can go golfing with that can kick the crap out of you for the better part of the summer <laughs> i was just and, and then you that. can rally in like late august through september and then wipe the floor with them for three or four matches yeah. in a row that's pretty much how it breaks down that is that is definitely how it breaks down i guess i just need to get healthy first and get out of my bedroom for quarantining of 10 days yeah uh, for those that don't know mario has uh, been dealing with a little bit of COVID, and it's torturous when you got young kids and there's nothing you can do about it so maybe uh, give them a little bit of sanity uh, uh, early christmas present for you mario uh we're not going to be back on till the new year so thanks for the time this year i really wanted to put that out there and all in, in all seriousness um uh, give a little message out there to uh to mark yeah i mean i'm gonna miss him man he knows it uh he knows we we had a good relationship if it be on the golf course or, or, or off the golf course. Uh, he's a hard worker, and uh, I only wish him the best. I mean, it, it's great for him. He gets to be with Steph, and, and they get to continue to – he gets to continue to, uh, a path that, you know, he's still in sports and, and giving himself new opportunities, and, and that's great for him. But uh, I told him he's got a bed back here anytime he needs it, and uh, – he keeps telling me there's some nice golf courses out that way, so I guess I got to make my way out there. Little vacation, yeah, that's for sure. We promised him. We promised him we'd figure out the time change, and at some point, once he settles settles in, we're getting. getting uh, I'm totally gonna text message him at like nine o'clock our time, so it's six in the morning <laughs> here. One of these days, when I'm golfing, just just to piss him off every once in a while. You know what? I think you absolutely have to do that. Well, since we've got you here. Uh, let's give you a couple more minutes of, of sanity and, and normalcy as you're in quarantine. And we're going to incorporate you into our You're Killing Me small segment. Generally, it's, as you know, Mario, it's a little bit of a, a sports festivus or airing of the grievances. But right now, actually, Spencer kind of wants to blow your mind. This is our version of a You're Killing Me smalls because of six degrees of separation yeah. in baseball or maybe, you know, a little Kevin Bacon game. Uh, so run everybody... Go ahead. I know it can't be hockey because the Penguins are playing really well right now. So <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the only thing going for me right now. All right. Spencer's going to take you through a journey of baseball, and he's going to land on Aaron Judge somehow? Yeah. Yes. All right, let's do this. It's how the Yankees acquired Aaron Judge, and it stems back to moves that happened years before. Uh, by the way, it did take me it did take me a second or two to, to realize it was it was Mario. So I don't want you to think that I got it right off the bat. I had, I had to think about it. So that was good stuff, though. Very good stuff. But here we go. In uh, in 1999, <clears throat> uh, the Yankees traded pitcher Hideki Arabu to the Montreal Expos. And they got, and in exchange for Arabu, they got pitcher Jake Westbrook and two players to be named later, which ended up becoming pitchers Christian Parker and Ted Lilly. Okay, so the Yankees in 1999 get Jake Westbrook. And then they end up trading Jake Westbrook to Cleveland for David Justice. Then they trade David Justice to the New York Mets for Robin Ventura. 
Then they trade Robin Ventura to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Scott Proctor. They trade Scott Proctor back to the Dodgers for Wilson Betamete. Then they trade Wilson Betamete to the Chicago White Sox to acquire Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher is there for a few years, wins a championship there, then signs with Cleveland as a free agent. With the comp pick that the Yankees got for Nick Swisher signing in Cleveland, it was the 2013 32nd overall pick to whom they took Aaron Judge. That's the Matrix, man. Mario, you get the... Uh, they, they, the you they won that a World us. Series with Justice, though, right? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Care to sort any yeah. of that out for us? Is your mind blown? That's that's wild. That's uh, I mean, you're going all the way back to the Montreal Expo days. Becky yeah. Rabu, that, that's a name thrown out there. I mean, you named about four other guys in that list that I could tell you nothing about. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> but, wow. Mario, what's the one, uh, one thing in the world of sports that you've been tracking from your bedroom in quarantine that's been keeping you sane to get you through here that we can talk about quick? Uh, one thing that's keeping me sane is the, the NFL final weeks are going to be absolutely wild. I mean, the Steelers are a garbage football team, and they could still win a division champion, <laughs> a division crown. It's, it's unbelievable that no one wants to you know stand out this year. You got everyone but three teams in the AFC right now has a winning record, or, or, or at least 500. Um, it is wild to me. Get healthy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you guys, too, guys. So stay safe. And like you said, you can do everything you can possibly to, to fight this. But, uh, you know, the one thing that's helps being vaxxed and boosted. So, yeah, absolutely um, right. Well, we look forward to talking to you uh, um, in 2022, Mario. Uh, be well, my friend. Mike McAllister with Syracuse on, on SI is up next. We'll get to Eric Columbia on the phones and continue. Exit 31, ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We do it right after this. Exit 31. What the hell you guys say politely? I want to take a, a tinkle. A tinkle? I want to take a tinkle that came back. That's is, that's polite, right? Yeah, yeah. Tinkle is polite, yeah. I want to take a tinkle that went back. <laughs> this is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Um, don't click the link that's in the chat. Yikes. That's all I have to say. Yeah, couple, uh, Melissa, sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Welcome to the chat, everybody that's in there, QSportsTalk.com. As we bring in Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI, our number two of Exit 31, of course. I want to start with your football team versus my football team. And you obviously have bragging rights. I would like Dallas to lose all remaining games and somehow your Eagles to overtake it. The NFC East. Uh, but bottom line is, I, I expect you're going to beat my team on Sunday. Uh, I guess I'll allow you that if you can promise me that the other happens. Because I like Dallas less than the Eagles. I mean, I always do, too. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I I, I still think Dallas is going to win the division. Um, you know, it's, it's a three-game difference, I think, at this point. It with, is, yeah. Um, with three games to play. Um, so it's tough situation, no doubt. So, um, you know, Philly's got to win out, uh, at least win their next two, hope that Dallas loses their next two, and then you got a shot in the last game um, with with Dallas coming to their place. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I, I think uh, Philadelphia played – it took them a little while, but they got going um, the last three quarters of, of the game against Washington and dominated a team that was pretty decimated by COVID stuff and, and injuries. So – uh, it was good to see them get that win and play well for the last three quarters. And, um, you know, honestly, if, if you can't beat the Giants at your place when they've got Mike Lennon starting, then 
you know, you, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Are you, simple as that. Are you good with Jalen Hurts? I, I was kind of impressed with his post-game comments the other day about this team fighting, evening that record back out at 7-7. Seven and seven. Have you seen enough this year that you're optimistic about the future or where are you at with the state of the QB of your team? I go back and forth with him. The one thing I'll say is um, the other guys in the team really respect him and, and think very highly of him. He's, he's clearly a leader. Um, he's very highly regarded in, in terms of, um, you know, where he stands with his team and the organization. And you, you never have to worry about him off the field. You know, he's, he seems to be a really good guy, very, um, you know, smart guy, kind of reserved um, in some respects. So you feel like you've got, you know, to, in terms of all the intangibles, you feel like it's all there. I, I'm a little bit concerned with the arm strength. Uh, he gets a little bit turnover prone at times, but he does some things really well. He's proven he can win games in the NFL. And, um, you know, there's a lot of flaws with the rest of the roster. So they've got three first round picks. At one point this year, it looked like, you know, they might have at least two of those in the top 10, potentially three in the top 15. Now you might not even get one in the top 10. So at this point, I would be comfortable using those three first-round picks, drafting players around um, just to fill up the roster, to um, shore, shore up some weaknesses and, and go forward with Jalen until he proves that you know, he's, he is what he is and he's not developing and he's not the guy. Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI, joining us on Exit 31, ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. And, and Mike, uh, you know, in speaking about, about Reigns Giants, uh, you know, a minute ago, and, you know, you were talking about Jalen Hurts. Do you think he's still the guy for, for the Eagles? Well, what's your opinion on Daniel Jones w- with the Giants? Is he their future, or is it time for them to move on from Gettleman's pick and find another quarterback for under center? I thought it was time to move on from the pick about 30 seconds after they made it. I, I, I never thought he was the guy to begin with. I didn't understand picking him with at the pick that they did. I didn't understand the fascination with him as a first-round draft pick. I thought he was more of a middle-round draft pick. And I, I watched him in college, and he was a decent college quarterback. But nothing that I ever saw screamed first-round pick, let alone top 10, top 5 type of a pick. So I, I didn't understand the pick then. Thought the Giants made a mistake. Um, I personally hope, as an Eagles fan, that they extend him and make him their guy for the for the future. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he's the guy. And if if you're the Giants and you're trying to get yourself back to competent football and contending for the, the division and for the playoffs, then you need to find another option because he's not it. Mike, you have let's see, Darius Slay. As I look through the roster for the NFC for the Pro Bowl, and I believe Jason Kelsey was another one. I didn't see any other Eagles unless I missed somebody. Uh, but is your care factor the same as mine? Pretty much it doesn't exist about the Pro Bowl at this point. I mean, it's it's a, a cool sort of accolade for some of the players. I think the coolest part about the Pro Bowl is guys that have been in the league for several years and get their first Pro Bowl. I know there was a guy with the Colts that's been in the league for, for a bunch of years and got his first Pro Bowl nod. Those types of things are, are kind of cool just for the recognition but as far as the actual game itself and what it means to legacies of players and all of that, you know, if I'm evaluating who's the best quarterback of all time or, or who's you know, the, my top five running backs, one criteria I'm not using is how many Pro Bowls did you make. I just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't meet the, the criteria for me. It doesn't move the needle. I rarely ever watch it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a non-event for me. Seven Colts made the Pro Bowl, by the way. Seven. Unbelievable. Uh, surprised by that number for sure. Syracuse NSI's Mike McAllister with us. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. 
Uh, you wrote about 10 things we need to know about Brown as last minute that game was added for Monday to Syracuse's schedule. Um, take us through some of that, if you will. Let's start with their three-point shooting because clearly that's how they're going to win this game if they do. Yeah, they're they're a decent, not great three-point shooting team, about 32% as a team. Um, but they've got a couple of guys that you need to look out for. Um, and ironically, their two best three-point shooters are both guys that come off their bench in uh, freshman Keno Lilly Jr., who actually is their leading scorer and is second on the team in minutes per game. Despite the fact that he doesn't start, he's making about 40% of his threes. And then um, the other guy that comes off the bench is another guard in Kimo. Awesome name, by the way, Kimo Ferrari. How about that for wow, a name? I saw that, um, yeah. Is making about 46% of his three, so he's a pretty good shooter. Um, Paxson Wojcik, um, who is one of their starters, is about 35%. Those are really the three primary guys. There's not really much else on the roster that you have to worry about. Um, so that's it for three point shooting, you know, size wise, they've got a little bit of it. Their, their main guy is, um, about six, nine. And then the rest of their roster is pretty much six, six and below. Um, they've played a couple of high majors. They played North Carolina pretty tight. They played Colorado pretty tight and then lost by 20 to Creighton. But again, 20 isn't, you know, a 30 or 40 point blowout. So, uh, they've, they've played some decent teams and they've played those teams tough. So I don't think this is going to be a pushover, um, if, if Syracuse doesn't come out playing well. Mike, do you, do you think a, a game like this, you know, adding it late, you know, they haven't really been playing a lot. Do you, do you find that it, it might be more, of a benefit or could it be one of those things that, you know, it like happened to Colgate, you lose to a team like Brown and, and that just continues a, a downward trend for this team. Yeah, there's certainly the potential for that, but um, you know, I, I think you're, if you're looking at it from a Syracuse perspective, it's not as much about, you know, what does this do for the resume and what happens if you lose? It's, it's trying to get the games on the schedule because you want to make sure you get a certain number of games in. And, um, you know, it was more about trying to find someone that was available as much as anything else. And uh, Brown had a game that was canceled due to COVID related issues. They haven't played since December 10th, just like Syracuse hasn't played since December 11th. So they're both kind of in the same situation there. Um, But, you know, you, you go in every game, I think you approach it the same way, whether you had a COVID pause or not. And that's, you got to try to play well and win. And so you do your best and you go from there. You know what? It's a team that's able to occasionally block the basketball and a decent number of turnovers per game too, about 16 and a half. Uh, Enjoyed the uh, 10 things we need to know about Brown that you wrote, but let's flip to football for our final question with Mike McAllister, Syracuse NSI here. Anything pertaining to Syracuse football that we need to know? In other words, what's the latest that you can pass along? Uh, just that the, they're they're monitoring the portal um, continuously, and um, they landed a transfer running back recently within the last few days um, in Juwan Price, who was New Mexico State's leading rusher last season, has three years of eligibility remaining, averaged over five yards a carry. Um, ironically, Jason Simmons, who was a starting safety for Syracuse this past season, transferred in last offseason. He and Price were actually teammates together and roommates together at New Mexico State. Now they're teaming up at Syracuse, so that's kind of an interesting little side note. But it's really just about that. Uh, I know there was some, I kind of said tongue-in-cheek when, when Texas,
Texas A&M backed out of the Gator Bowl that, hey, maybe they should they should call Syracuse because Syracuse would be available to play. <laughs> but uh, their, their players have pretty much dispersed, so that it's not really realistic. And given the makeup of the team, that there's players all over the country, and they got a couple from Germany and, and some other places, so there's some international travel issues there. It's not really feasible. Um, what I find interesting is the team that is going to go in is Rutgers, and there was um, – a comment that this is going to be the most prestigious bowl game that Rutgers has ever played in. <laughs> so the most prestigious bowl game that their program has ever played in is one in which they were five and seven and only got in because they happened to be a team that was available and ready to go when the team that was actually good had to bow out because of, <laughs> of issues related to a uh, pandemic. So I, that's that's quite – I don't know how you hang that banner in your rafters, but uh, good luck with that. Well, whatever with Rutgers. Screw Rutgers, and they have to look in the mirror and live with that. Now, don't they? Mike McAllister, you have a great Christmas with your family. Happy New Year to you. We're off for about a week, but we'll talk to you very soon. We always appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Have a happy holiday. Listen, we've got some tickets to give out to Syracuse and Brown as we talk SU basketball. We'll do that a little bit more with Eric Columbia. He's next. Keep it locked and be ready. We'll give out those numbers at some point by 4 o'clock and get a family of four in. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We are attempting to make connection with Eric Columbia. I believe we have him. I think we might have him. We tried through one time, didn't connect, and I think we I might have him we now. we have him right now. Eric, are we, uh, we got you, Eric? You got me. Very All good. Right. Beautiful. And we lock him in on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line here. Back up on it on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. It's, you know, interesting comment in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. Kevin was it's like, I'm wondering, does JB have COVID? Because he had it previously. Yeah. And is that why Red is coaching? And there's no confirmation on that that I know of. But, I mean, it does seem plausible. We'll discuss SU basketball with Eric in a second. But we want to start with the NFL and your Lions lament. They won, but they lost the number one overall pick to the Jags. How do you feel about it? Yeah, so so you you feel fine in terms that there's no franchise quarterback, at least if people don't uh, project one in this draft. But you guys know me. I'm a huge Aiden Hutchinson guy. I would love for him to be in the Honolulu and blue, uh, Honolulu and silver, Honolulu blue and silver, I should say. With the so colors. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bummed if the Lions don't get Aiden Hutchinson, but. If there's a year to lose out on the number one pick, this is the year. Why is Dan Campbell winning me over? I mocked him mercilessly at first. As you recall, I want to bring a live lion to practice. And, you know, I put 45 shots of espresso in my coffee. And and if you close your eyes, I sound exactly like Peyton Manning. He's out there, man. But he, he even though this, I mean, the team's bad. My team's bad. Your team's bad. But there's something about the coach that you like. At least I do now. I mean, he's winning me over. What? He's, he's just a good dude. Like he's, He genuinely cares about his players. You can tell he loves football. He loves being in Detroit. So those things are admirable. Now, him taking over the play call sheet and doing some of the decisions that he makes, that likability and the lovability is only going to get him so far. But for this season, I think the Lions have played better than what their record indicates. They probably should have at least two more wins on their win-loss record. So he's likable for now, but give another season of this losing, maybe not so likable one year from now. Eric, you care about the Pro Bowl at all? Put any stock into it? No. No, I, I haven't cared about the Pro Bowl 
in about like a decade and a half. I mean, like you have, especially now that they have the Pro Bowl before that, the Super Bowl, and you have about a half of the players in this league that'll be on the Pro Bowl roster this year because you got to take out everybody who's in the Pro Bowl that goes to the Super Bowl. Then you have all the injuries that amount, and then you have people who just don't want to play in the game anymore. So you're going to get about 300 guys who are going to say they were 2021 NFL Pro Bowlers, and it's just ridiculous at this point. My boy Stafford even won a Pro Bowl MVP, and I watched zero snaps that year that he did that. So it, it's just not as fun anymore. <laughs> I feel like you're reading my mind. And since we usually lock you in on Thursdays, Thursday night football tonight, San Francisco at Tennessee, eight and six versus nine and five. Tennessee does not have Derrick Henry, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, there's a slight differential in, in their overall numbers. If you look at them, but Ryan Tannehill is a game manager and I don't know if when they're clearly not as successful without Derrick Henry in the backfield, Jimmy Garoppolo just somehow, some way that the Niners are winning games. It's a pretty decent matchup on paper tonight. Your takeaways from the game or your thoughts about it? Yeah, I think I think people forget uh, just how uh, more than average Jimmy Garoppolo is. Like he is a, he's an above average quarterback. He was a big part of San Francisco going to that Super Bowl a few years ago, and they were one throw away from taking down the Chiefs in that game. If Garoppolo hits that that big uh, streak right up the seam, the Niners are your Super Bowl champions that year, and we're talking about Jimmy G in an entirely different light, and that's how close the NFL is. I think this is so uh, indicative of just how important a guy like Derrick Henry is. We you know, you get a guy like Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis who's getting all this love now for what he's doing in, uh, with the Colts and how he's, like, trying to almost single-handedly will them into the postseason. That's what Derrick Henry is for the Titans. And with him not in the lineup, you're getting the Dolphins version of Ryan Tannehill rather than the version we've had the last couple years uh, with uh, the Derrick Henry show and Ryan Tannehill benefiting from that. So it's going to be interesting tonight because Tennessee needs to win this game. Things don't get easier for them. And the Niners, they obviously need it too because they are bordering that 6-7 Uh, eight spots in the NFC. So uh, this is as close to a playoff you can get in uh, the second to last week of the season, as my my boy Mark Larson always likes to say, the (laughs) penultimate week. I love everybody's giving Mark Larson a little love with an outstanding analogy as well from Eric Columbia, News Channel 9 at Sex 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Eric, uh, men's basketball obviously been on the shelf a little bit. They schedule a game against Brown coming up this uh, this upcoming Monday. What do you kind of looking for from the team as we see them play the Bears uh, just to kind of get you some confidence moving forward as they, they get back into their, hopefully, you know, their their normal schedule. Spence, I think you nailed it on the head. Like it's, it's, uh, they're trying to get a confidence boost here. They're going to yeah. try to work off that rust that they've they've accumulated over, what, what are we approaching now, almost uh, like eight, nine, yeah. ten days since they haven't played. So, since the 11th. Uh, there's there's going to be some rust there. Wow, 12 days, almost two weeks. It's hard to believe. Time flies. The time is a flat circle. Yeah. So, yeah, they need, they need to knock that rust off. We need to think of this as, you know, uh, not quite an exhibition game because I want to give some respect to Brown. They're not Pace nor LeMoyne, but, you know, uh, and I don't, I don't know if they're quite Colgate either, so don't expect maybe 100 points for the Bears to drop uh, in the carrier dome. But they need to get some rust off. They need to build some confidence, and they need to get this uh, offense going and this uh, defense working right against the Bears as they approach uh, a Georgia Tech game, which might or might not be on at this point.
So I wanted to stay with basketball, but let's flip to the NBA. We got a couple of minutes left here with you, Eric. And the NBA, of course, now has the NFL infringing on Christmas. Have you noticed that? Yeah. The NBA's taken over everywhere. Or excuse me, the NFL's taken over everywhere. But the NBA on Christmas, I mean, a tradition unlike any other. They start at noon and you go all the way. You're going to watch basketball after midnight, 12 hours of the NBA. But the thing is, there's COVID and there's hardship contracts yeah. and these rosters are decimated. I mean, you have teams... As with the rosters as as few as seven players available, we've seen that over the past couple of weeks. So, um, are you invested in it normally, or are you just kind of curious to check it out, just just to see what happens because of COVID uh, on Christmas? So yeah, I I pay attention to some. I, for me, the basketball season doesn't actually begin until Christmas. Uh, I've barely been paying attention. Uh, prior to the Christmas holiday, you know that also is helped by my Pistons. Uh, stinking up the joint, and now Kate Cunningham in COVID protocol. So, uh, like, I'll want to see how, uh, you know, Golden State and Phoenix match up against one another on Christmas Day. And, you know, maybe I'll even tune in a little bit to your Knicks as they host Atlanta. Though that game, you know, seems like it would be a lot better once they announce the schedule in the offseason. Though uh, <laughs> Atlanta's not really living up to their end of the bargain, and New York hasn't been quite the same team that they were the first few weeks. But I'll pay attention, but uh, you know, I'm not quite in the basketball mode yet just because, as you talked about, the NFL is still going, brother. And uh, when that pigskin's still flying and I got so much money going on all these fantasy football playoff games that I'm in, uh, your boy your boy needs some points on the gridiron. <laughs> so I'm going to be paying more attention to that. But I will tune in to a little bit of some basketball because it's also uh, right here airing on News Channel 9. There's your shameless plug. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And you're welcome to drop that in there. Now, Eric, you know, in sticking with basketball real quick for another minute or so, I'm going to air some audio in our next segment called Soundcheck, and it pertains to a, a team that's they're older, one of the oldest teams in the league, if not the oldest. I think the Lakers, they're oldest or second they're oldest, the oldest to the Nets. They're the oldest, I believe. Uh, and they're those teams are playing. But the comments regarding basically the Lakers, even though they're kind of meh right now, and, and yeah, there's been a little bit of uh, COVID. There's been a, some injuries here. There, they just got Trevor Reza back. LeBron's, you know, had to deal with the things he has. When he's on the court, he's really good. But basically, they're built for the playoffs. So the goal is to get there. Yes. And, and ultimately, if they do, do you think they can still do damage? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think when LeBron is right, he is arguably the best player in the world, uh, you know, besides that guy in Brooklyn. And I'm not talking about Kyrie. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, so he's still top two players in the whole universe when it comes to putting uh, the ball in the bucket. So... I give themselves a fighting chance. You also uh, have a lot of the roster that really just hasn't gelled yet. These guys seemingly haven't quite found their groove together in this one, and they still got a little bit more time to figure things out. I mean, where has Anthony Davis been? He seems like he hasn't really been wanting to play uh, as well as he has in the past. Carmelo Anthony's looked good at times. I've been uh, fine with him. But then you got Russell Westbrook. Uh, you never know what a guy like that is going to do. So they still need some more time to gel. LeBron is arguably the best leader also in basketball. So when it comes, um, when push comes to shove, I expect them to, uh, you know, play well because LeBron has showed you he can do it time in and time out when the uh, games actually matter. Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, we're off for about a week or so, and we're going to reach out to you early in 2022. Always enjoy our chats on Thursdays about 3.15. Let's keep it going, okay? 
Sounds good. All right. All the best to you and the family. Merry Christmas. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. We've got something called Soundcheck next, as I sort of previewed. This is Exit 31 with Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if... I, uh, to clarify something we're getting a little chatter about in the chat, there was a discussion... Uh, yesterday in and around Red and his involvement with the coaching of the team. I don't think there's anything official out there. I read the prompter replying to a comment earlier. I mean, it's out there, but the bottom line is you have every expectation. Uh, Listen, Jim's the coach of the team. I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, Just a little miscommunication, you know, blah, 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 blah. Partially my fault part of playing off of conversations that have already happened. Uh, Nothing to see here. Much to do about nothing. We move on. Cuse, the orange and brown Monday, as it stands, pending anything else COVID-related, right? I think we have to put that caveat out there. Correct. I mean, there would be just uh, the true sign of the times if they schedule this game last minute because they've had a COVID layoff, and then that ends up getting postponed or canceled. I feel like that would just be, of course. Yeah, you just, of course. It's not surprising right now. I saw a meme that uh, people, you know, with everything going on right now here at the end of the calendar year for 2021, it's likely going to bleed into 2022, and people are are nervous and pointing out the fact that 2022 is pronounced 2022. Yes, it is. So that we're going to have a repeat of, uh, of 2020. Yeah. Oh, it feels like that. That's for it sure. Does. It, does. it really does. It, 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 it It's felt like March of 2020. It really has. All over again. We also will be giving out the phone lines for you to call in to win a family four-pack of tickets to Syracuse and Brown. We're on till four today, obviously, as we are every day. So that's pending very soon if you would like to see some Syracuse basketball, hopefully when they return to the court against Brown on the 27th. That being said, it's now time for a little sound check. Uh, let me bring in the sound that we had previewed in discussion in our discussion with Eric Columbia a couple of minutes ago as it pertains to the Lakers. Now, who said the quote that I gave out, who said they're built for the playoffs. It was VC Vince Carter. Let me play you his words. What do we expect from, from this Lakers team in the regular season anyway? You know, and, and you know, that's just a question, a general question for everybody to really answer for themselves. Some people are like, oh, I thought they were going to end up being the first seed or, you know, the true aficionados of the game look at it and say, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't think they'd do well in, in the regular season. And it's the reality when you look at all this talent, like it's impossible – Yes, I, mean, I felt like they're, they're veterans and they're still going to figure it out. And, it, it, you know, you just go through and, like, you know, we, we, we'll be okay. I think this team is a playoff-made team. It's, as Eric Columbia even alluded to, for some with football, you don't really look at the – casual fans don't really look at the NBA and follow it until around Christmas. Right. And then you get through winter, you get past the Super Bowl, those last couple of months, and then you see where you're at. And – there's plenty of basketball left for this team to gel. There's clearly been struggles with Westbrook. And, and you know what? Melo has adapted a little bit more. But then Trevor Ariza, you thought he'd be on the court at the beginning of the season. They just got him back. There's a lot. And they brought in Isaiah Thomas because of COVID. And then you've got to deal with all of that. And, you know, they're not playing defense the way Frank Vogel wants him to. That's led to some of their struggles. And it seems like Anthony Davis, since he got a ring, he hasn't quite been the same. And who's to say he doesn't flip a switch in the playoffs if they get there. Uh, that's the Lakers right now. Still in a better position than our Knicks are. Yeah, no, that's very true. And 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 again, you know, this is a team that that uh, you mentioned. They're built for the playoffs. I mean, they have so much playoff experience. 
Um, you know, you, you can't really worry about the if if you're a Lakers fan, you can't worry about the Lakers missing the playoffs unless it's getting closer to the playoffs and they're out of a playoff position. They're they, not going to miss the playoffs. They barely backed in last year, if right. you remember. But if you're any other team in the West, especially, you need to be worried about the Lakers, regardless of how mediocre the regular season record may be, because that won't reflect how they're going to end up at the end of the year. But uh, you mentioned a lot of the, the the hardship deals and the 10-day deals and bringing in Isaiah Thomas. How about Joe Johnson getting a chance? No doubt. That is pretty cool. At 40 years old, hasn't played in, what, four years in the NBA. He's been a uh, a hero of the, the TBT. Uh, he didn't play. I don't think he played this past year, but he's been a TBT star for the past few years. And good for him getting an opportunity back in the, in the NBA. Good at basketball. Very good at basketball. Regardless of his age. And you know what? You need guys that are just competent, smart, solid, all-around basketball players Joe Johnson's one of them. He really is. He really is. We've got, it. we've got sound check on X31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. I told you I was going to put both of our teams on blast before we got on the air today, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get a little help from Alan Hahn. He's been a guest with us a couple of times. You know him from the Knicks. You know him from his own show on ESPN Radio. And he said that ownership is the reason the Jets and the Giants are terrible. So he's going to remind us why both of our teams, all of our teams collectively, guys, suck. So what is the common denominator, Fitz, that, that we look at with these two franchises? I hate to say it. Starts at the top. The Jets well, didn't have their owner in place for a number of years because he was overseas serving as an uh, ambassador. So that he had his brother running it, and his brother openly told you, I want to run this thing better than him, so I want to win, so when he comes back, like I'm the man. Like It became more about that and less about, let me just make sure we're all making the right decisions. And he made bad decisions. Then, of course, on the Giants' side, it's, it's John Mara and the Mara family, very much entrenched in upstairs in, in the Giants' organization where they've got family members in the football operations area, and they're involved in many football decisions, and they just can't get out of their own way when it comes to research setting the franchise they took they took Tom Coughlin out and they never brought back somebody that was going to keep everything under control and I'm sitting there like I, I almost feel like I'm Paulie Sabella a <laughs> couple of Mickey Mouse organizations basically is what you're dealing with right now you got to make business decisions was uh was Ben McAdoo the one that re- that directly replaced Tom Coughlin or was uh, there was there someone in between yeah and by the way he was pushing for them to draft Pat Mahomes yeah do you know that and Ben McAdoo they won 10 games his first year, and then it got terrible. And and then he was this kind of this humble coach, and then he became Bright Lights, Big City, New York City version of Ben McAdoo, lost the locker room, and it got really bad. But, man, if he somehow had convinced them to take Pat Mahomes, can you imagine that would, the that, trajectory of this team, that team, my team, the Giants, big blue, embarrassment blue, as you called it, staying with the color theme? Uh, I just... I just can't even. Incredible. I just can't even. By the way, Ben McAdoo looks exactly like PC Principal from South Park. Without a doubt. The woulda, coulda, shouldas in, in every sport, in every team, in every fan base. When you go back and you look through some of this stuff, I read that and I'm like, you know what? That's true. And I don't like it. What do you what do you call it? Revisionist history? Revisionist history. Absolutely. And you know what? Everything that Alan Hahn said, it's pretty it's much spot on. It's true. And, and you could expand that conversation. We could talk about that for an hour if we really wanted to, but he's on to something for sure. Well, and, and, and you were talking about, you know, your your Giants a little bit, but with, with my Jets, with Nick and my Jets, uh, you know, he, the Jets used to be owned by the Hess family, you know, that owned the, the gas stations or whatever. Of course. And 
And so that was, you know, when Bill Parcells was the head coach, the Hess family was in charge. And everybody got a truck. Yeah. And <laughs> I used to get those all the time from my grandmother, by the way. Nothing wrong with that. But, uh, but then Hess dies and the, the team changes ownership. And Bill Belichick is going to take over as the Jets head coach. But he doesn't quite see eye to eye with the vision that the Johnsons have. And he decides to resign from the Jets position as soon as he gets the job, basically. And, and the Patriots are forever the grateful. Patriots so, ever you, you know, you, yeah. So you can you can credit the ownership change with the reason why Bill Belichick didn't stay in New York and why the Jets have been such a lowly franchise since and the Patriots have been the gold standard. Well, here on Soundcheck and Exit 31 on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com, let's, let's steer Soundcheck to tonight's Thursday Night Football game. Tennessee and the Niners. I want to air you two pieces of audio. I want to give you a Titans perspective from Teron Davenport, and I want to give you Nick Wagner's 49ers perspective. We'll start with Teron. Of course, Derrick Henry not being there is a a huge, huge problem for the Titans. Derrick Henry will probably be back for that first week of the playoffs. Uh, that's that's kind of the expectation, possibly uh, week 18. It's not likely, but it's possible. And he's been doing everything he can to get back on the field. We know that he's different when it comes to uh, you know, how he attacks uh, recovery and, and even just uh, the lifting and, and all of that. And he's just a different, different person. So uh, they definitely expect him to be back you know, um, looking at that that first week of the playoffs. They are clearly not the same team without him. Now Nick Wagner with the Niners' perspective about tonight's game against Tennessee. I think this is a really tough game for them, uh, specifically because the Titans are kind of built like the Niners in a lot of ways. A lot of the things they do on both sides of the ball are very similar, and they're both very physical teams. So um, this is a tough matchup in general, but it's certainly tough when you have a short week coming off of a game on Sunday, playing on Thursday night, and having to travel a couple of time zones away, which is pretty rare for Thursday night games. Usually the road team doesn't have to go this far. So um, that's, that part of it is tough. I think if you look at the matchups and the way the Titans are playing versus the way the Niners are playing, like I said, these are similar teams, but I think the Niners, at least as we sit here right now, are doing things better, those things better than what the Titans are doing. And when you watch recent Titans games, they're doing a lot of the things that the Niners were doing when they were in their losing streak, namely turning the ball over a lot. And that's been the biggest thing for the 49ers here over the last eight weeks where, you know, they're six and two and they've had more successes. They've cut way down on giving the ball away. And you've seen the Titans here over the last four weeks or so give it away a bunch. I'd like your postulation on what you just heard. Oh, you, you've been liking to throw word. out. You've been trying to throw out these big words. That is o- a great word over the past week or so. So I thought I'd throw that at you, Spencer. We got sixty seconds before a break. Well, I, I think one of the th- questions I had. I thought I saw that Nick Bosa was was is he in COVID protocol or is he playing tonight? Because I feel like that would be obviously a big difference. Fifteen uh, sacks, 15 by the way. Sacks this year. I I I, re- I really do like the San Francisco defense. And I think this is an intriguing matchup. I think without Derrick Henry, you know, Ryan Tannehill, as we mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, he's come back down to earth, looked more like the Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill. As, I, yep. I like the 49ers in this matchup. I really do. Even though they're on the road, I think, you know, as long as their defense plays well, I think they take this one. The scales of victory lean San Francisco 49ers yeah. in this game tonight. That's for sure. But you never know. You know what? Let's name drop Kate Calloway. We didn't get her. Uh, we didn't get her pick. She would tell us who would win. She's remarkable. And she would. And she would 
be right. At, yeah, she generally seems to have been for the vast majority of the season. Hey, why don't we give out a pair of Syracuse basketball tickets right now? You'd like to see orange and brown on Monday, 315-437-7644 or 315-768-1310. I don't have the sponsors right here directly in front of me. I'll get them. We'll give them out with the last thing we'll say today, which is next on Exit 31, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Third caller right now gets the four-pack. One more time with the numbers, 315-437-7644 or 315-768-1310. Good luck. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. So it sucks. It sucks what happened to the women's basketball team, yeah. too. Last, last second. Minute. Yep. COVID cancellation. Man, let's just get this back on track. I tell you. Sign of the times, man. Uh, breaking news today. We heard from Mark Larson of Spectrum Sports, and then everybody kind of had a comment on that. Uh, he is only going to be on the job in central New York for a week or so. We'll let him settle in. He's moving to California. Uh, we thank him for joining us today to, and breaking that news, really. It's been great to talk to him. There's so many Wednesdays uh, with Sportscaster Wednesday we got to find somebody to fill in. That's big shoes to fill in. He's a blast to talk to. Those are like size 15 shoes. Also, Kevin, who is with us regularly in the chat at QSportsTalk.com, big fan of Mama Davidson, but also he's now going to have to start figuring out some meals to make for his wife. Oh, uh, that's right. We'll he, have to get he, the weekly meal in a text form from Mark Larson now. He, he relied on Mark once a week to, to take care of his wife. Well, that's a good husband right there. Great husband, yes. That's a great husband. Uh, loyal listener, we appreciate everybody very much, not just Kevin, but everybody that listens. Whether you're in the chat, whether you're on the air, it's been a fun year. Uh, we got a week off. seems like everybody does. You've got Double Down tonight. you got a Q&A later on with Benny Williams at QSportsTalk.com. Hey, man, subscribe. You, you can get in there. You get special perks if you do. We have to congratulate Dave as well. Uh, he got some tickets. got a four-pack Syracuse and Brown on Monday. Fingers crossed this tips off. Yeah, we I need, just want to see it. We, we need, need it. Dave to be able to go to a game, man. We need him to take his family. We need Syracuse to get a win. We need Orange to be better than Brown. What can Brown for, do for you? I've, I've heard that joke a million times that's, that's, since the Brown game was announced. Yeah, it's it's also it's both good and bad. Spencer, let's just leave everybody with one thing. Clarify some, some stuff going on. Jim's coaching, okay? Jim's coaching. Jim Bayham is coaching the team. We're good. James Jim, Arthur. James Arthur Bayheim is coaching Syracuse basketball. Because what else do we know for the past 46 years? And it happens again on Monday against Brown. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Spencer. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Happy Hanukkah. Everybody, Merry Christmas. All that. X31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Nick will have the full podcast out shortly.